0: yes in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star they were overjoyed on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary and they bowed down and worshipped him then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and myrrh and having been warned in a dream not to go back to herod they return to their country by another route now turn to philippians chapter 2 verses 5 to 11 your attitude should be the same as that of christ jesus who being in very nature god did not consider equality with god something to be grasped but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness To the glory of God the Father.
1: Thanks, Jolene. And want to give your Bibles open to Matthew two for starters. We'll get to Philippians a little bit later on. Now, everyone will have received a handout. Hopefully, did everyone get a get a handout when you came in? And on the back is uh, a bit of an activity sheet this week, which is a bit exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hope you're excited. I'm excited. Well, our theme this Christmas season has been hope, and in particular has been the thrill of certain hope. That's our theme for these last three weeks. And we've been thinking about Jesus, of course, these past three weeks, and not just that he was born, but that his birth was foretold hundreds of years before uh, it actually happened. Now, I wonder what hopes have been realised for you this Christmas. Did you have any hopes of things that you might get this Christmas? I wonder... Kids, adults alike, was there something that you were hoping to get this Christmas and you got it? Who's going to be? Yes, Arthur. You got a basketball hoop. Fantastic. What did you get, Tobes? A baby yoga toy. Yoda toy. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Yes. James? An, An iPad. Wow, that's awesome. Cool. Very good. Anyone else? Any adults? Come on. Any adults have hopes of things they're going to get? Yes, Bethany? A stand-up paddleboard. That's right. <laughs> awesome. I've got a charcoal barbecue. Charcoal barbecue. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to the invite. Um, wow. So we all had. We all have hopes, and we. I mean, probably if, particularly if you're a teacher, you're kind of hoping for a rest at the end of the year. And I'll bet you get to the end of the teaching year, and then it's Christmas time, so you don't really get to rest. And hopefully, I hope for your sake, after Christmas, uh, you all get a bit of a rest. <laughs> Uh, because it's been another very big year and I think it's been an unusually big year because we kind of had two unusually inactive years and then I think this year was just like wow we're all kind of not very fit for doing lots of things and this year's just been uh, quite overwhelming I think for many people. Uh, My son Ray is almost 14 and he hoped uh, for electric guitar amp this morning which he got and which he cranked up and kind of played in the the distortion on on the whole lot uh, this morning in the lounge room, which was really cool. And I was hoping for a new 120 amp hour deep cycle lithium battery (laughs) with battery box for the camper trailer. And you all say, campers, they're weird. They are. And I got it. I got my new lithium battery. I'm really excited about my new lithium battery for when we go camping in a couple of weeks' time. It's going to be great. Yeah. Each to their own, you say? Yeah. Um, Christmas is supposed to bring hope. And not just hope for today, but hope for the future, for the far, far future, which we're going to think about today. And we've been following the Christmas story the last two Sundays. Now, who can tell me, what did we learn about two weeks ago? We learned that Jesus is our... Was anyone here? Jesus, our saviour, was two weeks ago. What about last week? Jesus, our king, last week. That's right. Two weeks ago we looked at Isaiah 7, God's people were being threatened by two great nations to the north and God said, I'm not worried about them, they're like two smoldering stumps of wood. Don't stress, I will take care of you. God wasn't concerned because God is all powerful and he made a promise to them. He said the virgin will give birth to a baby and he will be called Emmanuel which means God is with us emmanuel means god with us so we found out that a baby would come and that baby would be jesus and he would be the savior of the world now last week we learned that jesus is the king as well the king of the whole world we looked at the prophet micah who said that a ruler would come who'd be different to all the other rulers in that he wouldn't rule with an iron fist like lots of rulers do he would shepherd his people in love so we found out that jesus is savior we found out that Jesus is king as well and we heard about these strange magi who traveled many days and weeks to come and find jesus and bow down before the savior and the king which is really weird why would they travel hundreds of kilometers these people who were not god's people they were gentiles but they found out from god presumably about this king and they came and they bowed down And they worshipped him. And this week, we're going to learn two more things about Jesus. Two more things. And one of them might surprise you. And the way we're going to learn, the first new thing, is by studying the gifts that the Magi brought. And the song we sang gave us a clue about what the gifts mean that the Magi brought and gave to Jesus. So basically, this morning, we're going to unwrap these three gifts and then we're going to get in a time machine. Does that sound good? Unwrap the three gifts and then get in a time machine into the future to see what's going to happen because it's right here before us in the Bible. What's going to happen in the future? Now, <coughs> excuse me, if you've got your handouts and a pen or a pencil, I reckon if you're over the age of about five or six, you can follow this along uh, with a pen or pencil. Mum and dad might need to help you to spell if you're kind of early primary. Um, But there's a bit of an activity sheet here, so adults as well, grab your activity sheet and a pen uh, or pencil, and hopefully follow along. We've got some work for everyone to do this morning. Now, we actually learn who Jesus is and what he came to do in the giving of the three gifts on the screen, the gifts from the Magi. The Magi came to Jerusalem. There might have been three or ten or thirty of them. We don't really know. We just know that there was three different types of gifts but it could have been lots of Magi. The Magi had an audience with the king and the king asked them to go and find Jesus and let him know where he was because the king wanted to kill Jesus because Jesus was a threat to his throne. I'm going to read to you again from Matthew chapter 2. After they met with the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen far in the west When it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, I don't don't know exactly how that worked. Stars are pretty high. Did this one come down? I don't know. But the star led them to where Jesus was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to their house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented the baby, presented Jesus, with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So left to right, we've got frankincense, gold, and myrrh on the screen. Now, <clears throat> what do you think God tells? What do you think gold? Gold tells us about Jesus. Firstly, Jesus is the king, right? Jesus is the king. Gold is a gift that's fit for a king. So these strange men who came from a distant land, they knew that this baby would one day rule the entire world. They knew that. So they gave him gold as a fitting gift. And this goes to show you, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or what religious background you've come from, like these guys, you can bow down and worship Jesus and give your life to Him. Okay, the white stuff on the left... The frankincense. Now, incense. Adults might need to help out the kids here a little bit. Um, What does incense teach us about Jesus? Who uses incense, do you know? Especially 2,000 years ago, these guys. Who used incense? They burn it. Who said that? Priests is right. Priests is right. Priests. So the incense teaches us that Jesus is the great high priest. Jesus is the only way to get to God. The priests were the intermediaries between God and man. Jesus is the only way to get to God. So he is the great high priest who deals with the sins of the people. That's what priests did back in the day. They dealt with the sins of the people. Now, not only did they burn incense, but what else did they do? He's a priest. And he's got a cute little lamb and he's got a fire. Guess what's just about to happen to the cute little lamb? Priests would sacrifice animals in place of people. So the sins would be, the animal would be sacrificed instead of the people being sacrificed for the sins of the people. That's what priests did. Okay? Don't worry, this is a G rated program. Um, We're talking about Jesus who doesn't sacrifice any animals. So let's come to our third gift to understand how it is that Jesus is the priest. Where's the sacrifice if Jesus is the priest? Okay, myrrh, the stuff on the right. Ground up, used to make perfume, which was used to embalm the dead. Okay? Myrrh teaches us that Jesus is the lamb. Jesus is the one who willingly was sacrificed in order to pay the price for our sins so that we might be saved jesus is the king the priest and he is the savior sent to die he's the savior sent to die so he offers up him as a great high priest he offers up himself as a sacrificial lamb to pay the price for the sins of the people Gold teaches us he's the true king of the world. Frankincense, he's the great high priest who mediates between us and God in heaven and myrrh teaches us that he's the, he's the sacrifice. He's our saviour who died in our place. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about in the other passage that Julene read for us. When he wrote his letter to the church in Philippi 2,000 years ago, this is what he was talking about. Now, I've got part of that printed on your handout for you. So there's a fourth thing that we learn about, about Jesus. Saviour, king, um, priest, and something else. We're going to find out in this passage. Anyone guess it yet? Good guess, but no. Who said that? Yes, that's right. It is. It's servant. Um, So look at Philippians 2 on your handouts. And if you've got a pen pen or pencil, we're going to underline some things. Now, the first thing we learn about this child who was born in a manger 2,000 years ago is that he is in very nature God. In Jesus is the same power and authority that created the whole universe that flung the stars into space. In Jesus is the power that sustains the entire world. It's because of Christ that you will receive your next breath and your next heartbeat. Jesus is sustaining the world. He is in very nature God. God. Look what it says next. He didn't consider his divinity, his equality with God, something to be used for his own advantage. That's the very definition of humility. Humility is using your power and your gifts and skills for the benefit of others. Pride and arrogance is using the gifts and skills and power of others for the benefit of yourself. Jesus was the ultimate um, example of humility. Jesus was perfectly humble, only ever wanting to use his divine, infinite power for the good of other people. In the next verse, we get our next word, which we've already shared. Jesus made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. Servants were kind of the lowest on the pecking order. Jesus was willing to be the lowest in the pecking order for the sake of us for the sake of others. So underline the word servant there in your passage. How did he do this? Well, he became human, born of the Virgin Mary. So underline the word human likeness, because that also teaches us about his servanthood. The ultimate act of humility for the creator and sustainer of the universe was to enter into our humanity, to be born of a sinful woman. We're all sinners. Child of a sinful man and to live his life among sinful people like us for our sake. This was the ultimate act of humility. He came down from heaven, from divine places, and became human for our sake and dwelt among us and ate with us. And if that wasn't enough, the divine one who created everything that he saw and he created everyone that he met with, died for our sakes so that we might be saved underline humbled himself by becoming obedient to death he died on the cross so that we might live the reason he was born was to die so that we might live jesus came to serve you and me and therefore verse 5 as followers of jesus we imitate him by serving one another in our relationships with other people we have the same mindset as jesus that we use our gifts and strengths and power not for ourselves, but for the sake of one another that's what christians ought to do last point jesus death was not the end of the story god exalted him to the highest place gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Father exerted his great power and rose the Son from death, and Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, saviour, king, priest, and servant of all who would trust themselves to him and his gracious saving rule. And the one who rose from death promised that he would return one day in judgment of all. With the army of angels and with the trumpet blast, and the dead will rise from their graves and their tombs and their gardens or wherever their ashes are scattered, they will rise to new life. All people who have ever been born will rise to new life. And all people, we're told in Philippians will bow down before Jesus the King, either willingly or unwillingly. All people will bow down before Jesus the King on that last day, willingly or unwillingly. It will be a day of great joy and rejoicing for those who've already put their trust in Jesus, a day of unprecedented sorrow, for those who refuse to submit to his rule and now find themselves unwillingly subject to him forevermore. That is the promise of the future. We're in our time machine now. This is what's going to happen on that final day. No longer able to plead for forgiveness, no longer any chance of getting into God's perfect heaven on that day. It will be too late. Who will one day bow before Jesus the King? Question three. Everyone will one day bow before Jesus the King. I will, you will, King Herod will, Putin will. Everyone will bow before King Jesus. So what do we learn from this on Christmas Day? Well, firstly, kids, you are delightful. Well done. Well done, children. Well done, parents. Great effort. You've been amazing. Um great effort and secondly we learn that followers of jesus have the thrill of certain hope for the future the future is so uncertain in so many ways isn't it there's things we're all worried about for the future anxious about but not this we know jesus will return and we know he will take those who put their trust in him to be with him in heavenly places forevermore we know this for sure The Bible has taught us not just that, but that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us right now. While we wait for Him to return, God is with us by His Holy Spirit, strengthening us and reminding us of this truth, that He is Lord and He is Savior and He is King and He will return. So that thing we don't need to worry about. The future is certain and there's a great joy for those whose trust is in Jesus. And if your hope is not yet in Jesus, what are you waiting for? He's a wonderful king and a wonderful saviour and a loving shepherd. And I heartily implore you to entrust yourself to him today if you haven't already. His arms are open for all who will receive him. His love is great. His mercies are sure. He's the saviour of all who trust in him. He's the king and ruler of of all the world let me pray loving father and almighty God we thank you for our savior for our king for our shepherd for our servant Jesus we thank you that you sent him into the world that he was willing to humble himself by being born of a woman living amongst sinful people like us and then dying in order to save us and we thank you that you rose him again in glory that we might have the certain hope of the future that Jesus will one day return to take us to be with him forevermore. God, we pray for anyone in the room who who isn't sure, who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus. God, remove their doubts from them. Reveal to them the goodness of Jesus, the mercies that are yours. Reveal to them the wonderful joy it is and the hope that's found in entrusting yourself to Jesus and help them to trust in him. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.